thank you again for allowing me to be here. Uh, man, I just so many thank yous. Incredible. Hillcrest staff, thank you, Brother Ken, Brother Mike. I love you, brother. God bless you. It's good to see some preacher friends. Brother Glenn, love you, brother. I'm glad to see you, praying for you. And uh, Brother Jim Yates was here last night. I didn't know that. He pastors in the area. He's a good friend of mine from, from years gone by. I don't think he's here this morning, but I'm so grateful uh, to see him, a dear friend from, from actually from Bowling Green years ago. And uh, it's just an honor uh, to be here and look forward to what God's going to do. A little later, Brother Mike's going to come. And uh, I hope he'll get excited when he preaches the Word. But uh, I love Brother Mike Stone, and God's hand is on him in an incredible way. But Tommy, brother, and I'll bring the Word tonight again, and I love him. We spoke together. It was a men's conference or somewhere we were at. Was I don't remember. Was it? Uh, I can't remember where it was. Do you remember where that was? We. Oh, in Marshall? Okay, over in the Marshall area? Well, great. Well, brother, I just remember, brother, you, uh, you set the woods on fire, brother. I love you, man. Great, great blessing. And I'm, I'm honored to call him a dear, dear friend. Um, to God be the glory. Brother Ron, thank you for your message, man. I'm telling you. I, incredible. I, uh, uh, one of the best messages I think I've ever heard on the Word of God. Uh, I'm going to... It's power, I mean, so much information in that. I'm, I'm going to get the CD and I'm going to preach an eight-week sermon series just from here. Amen. I'm telling, praise the Lord, man. He got all that in one message. Incredible. I'm serious. I want to get that CD. You have put a lot of work in that. And, man, it was powerful. Incredible. I'm, to God be the glory. One of the best messages I've ever heard are the authority, the inerrancy, the veracity of God's holy words. Thank you, brother. This morning, I, uh, I want to I go in a little different direction than what I was going to do. Um, so if you take your Bible, turn to Luke 11, if you would. Luke chapter 11. Um, and I'm not sure why, but I just felt led in my spirit, maybe what's going on in my life, your life, maybe even the life of this church. I really, I pray that today this will just be an encouragement to you. You've been so challenged. I love this about the Word. You can build your life on the Word of God. You know, flowers will fade, the grass will be gone, but His Word will stand forever. Can I get an amen? And so uh, I want to encourage you today. I want to speak on a subject on an area that I don't do real well in. And I'm working on it. I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. Is anybody in that? God's still working on you in any area. So th this is where I'm at. I want to I talk to you about prayers that get answered. And, uh, you know, it's kind of odd. I really didn't. I, it, this was the furthest thing from my mind. But I was, uh, I was just, I went home last night and God just spoke to me through these pastors and through the worship, the music, incredible, a Hillcrest music ministry and and then I got up this morning, I just really was feeling a, a different direction in my spirit. I walked in with a dear brother, Kevin, right over here to my right. And, uh, you know, he was sharing me a little bit of his journey. And, uh, and I, just, uh, I just want to encourage you today, if I may, and just remind you that God still answers prayers. I think about this lady who was praying for her husband. Their they were, marriage was struggling. And so she kept praying and praying that, uh, you know, he'd go to counseling. Most guys are kind of resistant to that kind of thing. And finally, 
she had a breakthrough. And he said, well, all right, I'll go get some, we'll go get counseling. And so they sat down with a counselor and the wife began to unload about the husband. You know, he never helps around the house. He never washes the dishes. He never vacuums the floor. He didn't mow the grass. He didn't do anything. I mean, she just went on and on and on. And finally the counselor had all he could take. And so he stood this wife up and the counselor gave the wife the kiss of her life, leaned her back, gave her a kiss. Put her back up and take her eyes big as silver dollars, smile as big as the moon. The counselor looked at the husband and said, Now, husband, that's what your wife needs. He said, Is that all I can bring her by every Tuesday and Thursday? (laughs) Her prayer had been answered. How do you pray with power? How do you get get your prayers answered? Um, I don't have the answers, but God's Word does. And our brother so clearly articulated the power of his word. So in Luke chapter 11, let me give you three or four, just maybe some insights from God's word. First of all, you've got to be specific in your prayers. Look at our text. It's Luke 11, verse 5. Luke 11, verse 5 and 6. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey and have nothing to set before him. The first step in getting your prayers answered and praying with real power, I see from this text, is you've got to be very, very specific. It's interesting, when this fellow shows up at midnight and asks for bread, it just shocks me when I read the scripture, he asks for three loaves. He he didn't ask for two loaves. He didn't ask for four loaves. He asked for three loaves of bread. Three loaves of bread. Would you say that with me this morning, church? Come on, ready? Three loaves of bread. One more time. Three loaves of bread. It's interesting. We've got to be very specific in our prayers. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just got caught up in kind of praying generally. God, I pray you'd bless everyone. God, save everyone. And yet God's word here is very clear that we must pray specifically. I love the fact this guy shows up and says, tell you what I need. Knocks on the door and says, I need three loaves of bread. Three. Well, well, how about four? No, I don't need four. I need three. How about two? Not enough. I need three. We've got to pray specifically. And God seems to, has really been kind of honing in on me about this, praying specifically. Lord, you know that Tim is facing surgery next week. God, I, I pray your hand of healing would be on his life. And you know, Sue just lost her job, God. And boy, she needs employment in a big way. And I'm praying that you'll open a door for her, God, that we'll look back on her on this situation. And what she thought was the worst thing will become the best thing. God, would you open a bigger and a better job for her as she prepares for her family? And and then, Lord, I pray for Tina. You know, her kids are running every which way but the right way. And God, she is just so discouraged and depressed. God, would you just surround Tina with grace and peace and mercy? And maybe would you use us, our life group, our Sunday school class to encourage her and bless her? And, and you know, Bill, God, Bill's got a great big career decision coming up next week, God. And, and you know, he's really searching your will for this. So, God, I pray for spiritual discernment. And I pray for grace and wisdom in his life, God. And, and you, know, you know, God. God, Carl, you know, Carl is facing a, a big trial in his life and he's overwhelmed with worry and stress right now. He just eat up with concern. And God, I just pray that you would just soothe his spirit. I just pray, God, that your peace would surround him, that your grace would, would overwhelm him. God, I just pray that you would bless him in a very specific way. And Lord, you know, Terry and 
Betty are going through a terrible divorce. God, you know my prayer is that you would miraculously heal that marriage. But God, I pray for peace and grace. Their hearts are broken. I pray, God, that you would do what only you can do. And on and on the list could go. You understand what I'm saying. We can't just pray, God, bless everyone and Lord, save all the lost. You've got to pray specifically. God's got to lay some people, some needs in your heart. And when folks walk up to you and say, man, I'm having a difficult time. And you say, well, tell me what's happening. And they share with you. Stop and pray right then and pray specifically for what God is doing in their life. And love on them and encourage them and bless them. I, David Jeremiah uh, said something very interesting in his book called Prayer, the Great Adventure. And, and he says this, How often have we prayed something like, Oh Lord, be with Cousin Billy in a special way. Have we stopped to consider what it is we're requesting? Imagine that you're a parent who's preparing to leave your children with a babysitter. Would you dream of saying, Oh babysitter, I ask now that you would be with my children in a special way. No way, David writes. You would say, the kids need to be in bed at 9 p.m. They can have one snack before their baths and make sure they finish their homework. You can reach us at this number if there's any problem. Any questions before we go? And make sure they stay out of the peanut butter. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we want to know them exactly what we want done. And it should be no different with prayer. We must be specific. It just, this just kind of just jumps out at me. It just leaps out at me. This text of Scripture, this man shows up at midnight, knocks on the door of a friend and says, Hey, I need three loaves of bread. It's incredible how specific his desire is, his request is, and how often our prayers, my prayer is just so general. And God is just doing a work in my life. Say, Kevin, pray specifically. Find out what's going on in Kevin's life. Find out what's going on in Tim and Sherry. And, and pray specifically. Tell them, I'm praying specifically that God will heal your body, that God will restore your marriage, that God will provide that job that you need, that God will bring back your prodigal son or your daughter, that God would, would overwhelm you with grace and peace while you're so worried with concern. I'm praying specifically that God will do what only He can do. You got to pray specific. Prayers that get answered are specific prayers. They're, they're individualized. I'm going to be specific. I want three loaves of bread. Be specific. Number two, I would say be bold. Be bold. Look at our text now, Luke 5. Look at the word here, verse 7 and 8. Luke chapter 5. Uh, Luke, Luke, uh, is it Luke 5? No. Luke 11. No wonder I couldn't find it. Luke 11. All right, look again now at verse 7 and 8. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8 now. And I say to you, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, his, his boldness, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now notice the boldness of this prayer. Be specific and be bold. Here's a guy at midnight knocking on the door, right? He gets up and sees it as his friend. And he says, look, the door's shut. My kids are already in bed. I can't give up. I'm, I'm not going to get up and give you. But because he, he's bold, because he stays with it, he says, I, I'm going to give up. And in fact, he says, I'll get up and give him as many as he needs. I've just got to get rid of this guy. Now think about it. Don't miss this now. What time of day is it? What is it? 
Midnight. Would you say that with me? Midnight. Come on, one more time. Midnight. Now, now think about it. Put yourself in this, fellas. Think about this moment. It's midnight. You're sound asleep. The lights are off. The doors are locked. The kids are sound asleep. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at your door at midnight. Man, I love the boldness of this fella. He's got a friend coming. He has no food to give him. He said, man, I've got to get some food. And he shows up at this guy's house at midnight. Now, it takes a lot of courage. In our day, in our society, you know, when you knock on somebody's door, it just doesn't happen as much as it used to, right? I mean, you know, years ago, remember, you'd, you'd sit on the front porch and you'd have your rocking chair and folks would walk around. You'd talk. Many times, you'd, I can remember go visit my grandmother. She'd never even lock the door. In fact, she'd have a garage door. It was the old kind you had to pull up. Remember those days? You actually had to work to get the garage door up. And, you let, and many times I'd go visit my grandma, and she'd have the garage door up. It was just up. She, she rarely closed it. Front door was open. Oh, not nowadays, man. I'm telling you, when folks get home, we pull in that garage, man, and we got the doors locked. We got the alarms on. We got two Doberman pinchers and three bulldogs inside, and we've got a privacy fence around back. We don't want to see anybody. We don't want to talk to anybody. We're so, and if somebody knocks on your door, it's like, who is that nut knocking on the door? In fact, you got, shh, be quiet. Somebody's at the door. Get down. Hide. Right? Turn off the TV. Turn off the lights. It's amazing that we shut down in fear, right? It's just somebody knocking at the door. And we crawl up there on our hands and knees, right? And sometimes we'll go up to a window and we'll peek out the window. And your turn to get stayed. I said, be quiet. There's a killer at the door. Right? And you sneak, it's midnight. Now think about this, it's midnight. And you sneak up there and you look in that little, you got, maybe you got a little peephole and you say, it's Bill. What is Bill doing there at midnight? Right? You open the door. Bill, what is going on? And Bill says, I need three loaves of bread. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Three loaves of bread. Have you lost your mind? It's midnight. Three loaves of bread. I thought it was the Mormons knocking at the door. What? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? You want three loaves of bread? That's right. Three. Two. No. Four. No. One. Three. Now the Bible says he gets his answer. Why? Because he's so bold. He says, man, I'll give you as many as you need to get you off my porch. Are you kidding me? He runs back to the kitchen. He grabs those three loaves and says, here, get out of here. This guy was a nut. He shows up at the house at midnight. Why? There was a boldness on the inside of him. He felt this need in his life. He had a friend going to show up. He wanted to make sure he could properly treat him and feed him. And so he shows up and he asks, I need three loaves of bread. Listen, boldness gets results. Could I say that again? Boldness gets rid of it. In fact, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. Aren't you tired of what I would call mamby-pamby prayers to a great big God? 
Aren't you tired of God's people trying to do God's work without God's power? Listen, aren't you tired in these last days of coming to church and singing songs and hearing great messages and nothing really seems to happen? Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's being baptized. Nobody's joining the church. Nobody's crying at the altar. There's nothing really happening in the church. Aren't you tired of going to church and there's no passion? There's no joy. There's no excitement. There's no energy. It feels like a funeral service rather than a celebration service. You say, what's the problem? The problem is we're praying weak prayers to a big God. Oh God, raise up a generation of churches, men and women who say we have a big God. I'm not praying these itty bitty prayers to a big God. God, I'm asking for bold things for your glory, for your kingdom. I'm not going to ask small prayers. I'm praying big prayers. By the way, some of you personally are in a difficult season of your life right now. Can I tell you, our God still answers prayers. Can I just speak? And I, I, can I just speak a moment to Hillcrest? I know we have a lot of folks here from different areas, but I, I want to say to this church, God has not forgotten you. God has a great plan for you. He is still on the throne. You've had an incredible foundation that's been laid, but God is not finished with this church. You believe in a big God. Pray big, bold prayers that the, the latter will be even greater than the former God. That God, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can even conceive the great things that God has planned for us. Hillcrest, do you really believe that? Pray bold prayers. You'll look back and say, my, look how God has been faithful. Look what God has done in the past. But I'm telling you, look what God is doing now. And look what God is going to do. There is no God like our God. You know what, you know what, Pastor, you know Brother Steele? You know, Brother Ron, Brother Mike, one of my, Brother Kim, one of my greatest fears is I'll get to heaven thinking that I've kind of lived outside the box and I've kind of pushed the envelope for God. And, you know, I was kind of really out there. And, you know, my fear is I'll get to heaven and God will show me my life. Now, in heaven, it'll probably be on a 100-foot screen HD. You know what I'm saying? This is heaven now, right? And God will take me to His man cave. Every man's got a man cave. Anyway, and God will take... And He'll show me what my life could have been and what God wanted to do in me and through me now for His glory, not just for my comfort, but for His glory. And He's going to show me what my life could have been, but I was too busy praying itty-bitty prayers to a great big God. It's like, Kevin, I wanted to do so much more, man. This is what you prayed for? When you prayed for that, I laughed out loud. I mean, I thought, you don't have a, you don't have a clue what I want to do in you and through you. You don't have a clue what I want to do in and through this church. You, you don't have a grip. Of, are you kidding me? This is, you prayed for this? Look, at this is what I was going to do if you'd have just asked me. You, 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 you experienced this? This is what you would have experienced if you'd have just asked me. I can't tell you how much more I want to do in you and through you, but you were too busy praying these itty-bitty prayers. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Number three. Are you okay? Everybody all right? Number three, be, I would use the word persistent. Be the word persistent. Don't give up. Look at our text, Luke 11, 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, 
and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Number three, be persistent. Now here's where many of us, especially me, I struggle. I get this word and I think, okay, I've got to be specific. All right, I got it. I'm going to quit praying generally. I'm going to begin to pray specifically for a master's voice. I'm going to pray that God's hands favor on it. Pray for it. You understand what I'm saying. I'm going to pray specific. And then I'm going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is. Our brother just reminded us how amazing, how incredible, how awesome. Man, the message was worth just to hear all those miracles. We have a miracle working God. I mean, anybody here believe that God still performs miracles? Hallelujah, man. I'm telling you. There is no limit to our great God. The Word says there's no God like our God. So I'm going to pray specifically. Man, I'm going to pray boldly because I know I have a big God. But now here's where I struggle with it. I don't stick with it real often. I'm not real persistent. I, I, I don't wait well. Do you wait well? I don't wait well. It seems like I'm always in a hurry. My grandfather's in heaven now, and he used to say this to me as a, as a kid. He'd say, Kevin, you're always hurrying to wait somewhere. Sounds like a book of Proverbs, doesn't it? I looked for it. It's not there, but it sounds like it. And there's a lot of truth to that. I'm just, I, I'm always in a hurry. And I'm not careful. That bleeds over into my prayer life. I, I struggle with, I don't like to wait on things. I don't like traffic lights. You like traffic lights? I can't stand them. How many of you look ahead and you see that light and it's green and you see a car pulling up on the other side? You think, don't you trip that light. I'm don't you trip that light. I'm coming up to that. Don't you know? And it turns yellow and you know that means speed up. It's getting ready to turn red, right? He's a warning, right? It is a warning. You better hurry up and get through this light. I don't like traffic lights. Can't stand them. Incredible. I don't like elevators. You like elevators? They're slow as molasses. I don't like elevators. When I go visit somewhere in a hotel or in a hospital, man, they got four or five elevators there, you know, and you look up and every one of them's up on the 15th floor. Why is that? You got four elevators. Why are they all on the 15th floor? And I push that button and it lights up. I, how many of you keep pushing? I keep pushing it. It's all, I know it ain't going to do any good, but I just keep pushing that button right. And finally, they start coming down. 15th, 14th, stops at the 12th floor. Are you kidding me? Stops at the 9th floor. Stops at the 7th floor. Stops at the 6th floor. All these elevators. It's incredible. It's so frustrating, man. I'm telling you, what in the world is going on? Finally, the elevators come down, open up, and a gorgeous... Bl- no, anyway, it's another joke. But anyway. <laughs> Finally, the elevators open up, right? And, and I get in the elevator, right? I'm going to take my, I've been waiting now, been waiting what I think's a half hour. It's probably been three minutes, but a half hour to me, right? And I get on and I punch my floor, punch floor eight. And then they have that close button. You ever seen that in the elevator? They don't work. They only put those in there to frustrate us type A's, right? You push your, it's like you push your button and say, okay, you can close now. Any day now. And you reach in, you push that close button, you start slamming that close button, and, and finally it begins to close, and inevitable, every time, somebody comes running around from the corner, hold it for me! I believe God puts tight B people just around the corner, <laughs> waits on the elevators, out. don't go yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, they're getting ready to close, now, go now! It's, it's like God's just trying to grow us, right? And then they stick their hand in, wait for me! I've been known just to stick their hand in, Take the stairs, sister. I've got the elevator. 
You got to open it back up. And, yeah, I didn't wait. Well, I'm telling you, I'm always in a hurry. Just I, I can remember, Brother Ron, several years ago, I was traveling to revival. And I did not know exactly, I'd never been to this church. It was a one-night deal I was preaching for them. And so it was kind of out in a rural area and healing, you know, rose, uh, you know. And so I've got it behind a, an old pickup truck. And a precious, you know, old pickup truck. And I thought, you know, I, I just was behind him for a while. And service was at 630. It's about 620, 625. This is a slow poke. By now I'm hollering, if you wanted to walk, why'd you take your car? You know what I'm saying? Hurry up. Come on. And I kept swinging out, trying to find a spot where I could zoom around him, you know. And I'd swing out. No, I can't do it. Another car got, no, there's a hill. There's a curve. I can't tell. Back and forth. I'm right up on his bumper the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I keep swinging around, swinging around. I'm trying to get this church. It's like 6.30 now. I'm not exactly sure how far I'm away. I've never been there before. I finally swung out there and I had my opportunity. Boy, I'm telling you, I put the pedal to the metal. Man, I went zooming around that pickup truck. About the time I did, there was a curve in the road. And so I went around that curve, swerved back in front of that pickup truck. And right there was the church. I didn't know it. Right there. And I'm telling you, I started turning it. I come in there, it was a gravel parking lot. Come in here on two wheels, gravel and smoke going everywhere. It's incredible. You know? Shoved that thing up in park, started to get out of my car. And there's that pickup truck coming right in there behind me. I said, You got to be kidding me. So I, I got down the floorboard, hid for a while. It's the truth, honest story. I got up to preach and I said, Hey, now before I preach, I've got a confession I've got to make. I told the story, and I said, I don't know if that guy's in here. He raised his hands. It was me, preacher. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I don't wait well. I, I'm not real patient. And that's the way I'm in my prayers. Man, I prayed for somebody to be saved for a week. You ain't saved yet? I've been praying for a week. Come on. You've got to make a decision. Turn or burn, fella. You've got a week. <laughs> this is it. I've got to move on to somebody else. We've got other lost people. Come on. Make a decision now or get on with it. You going to heaven or hell? It's up to you. You got a week. That's it. I got seven days in me. See what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, that's where I'm at. That's where my struggle is. But here this is interesting. When Jesus speaks this parable, he says, ask, and you know this, present tense, continuous action for you grammar experts. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking, but I'm not real good at it. I'm just honest, but I'm telling you, I've noticed the prayers that get answered, they don't stop. They don't quit. They stay at it. Somewhere along the line, we've forgotten how to do that. The Bible says pray without ceasing, right? Uh, Prayers that know how to get a hold of heaven. We've forgotten how to pray like that. I, I, I think about this pastor. He's, he's out riding his bicycle in the community on his church field, and there's a little boy pushing a lawnmower. And he comes up on him, and the little boy says, Hey, what are you doing, preachers? I'm out visiting folks. And he said, Man, I sure would love to have your bike. And the preacher said, You know what? I've been, I've been needing a lawnmower. Why don't we just trade? And the young boy said, Let's do it. And so the, the young boy jumped up on the preacher's bike, and the preacher got the lawnmower and was going to push it to the house and mow his yard and... As the little boy's pulling off on the preacher's bicycle, he begins to try to start that lawnmower, and it won't start. And he pulls on it, it won't start. He pulls it. Hey, Timmy, can't get the lawnmower started. And he said, well, you got a curse at it. 
And the preacher said, I can't curse it. I've got church members all around here. And, and you know, I've also I've been saved 20 years. I've forgotten how to curse. And the little boy said, You keep pulling on that string, it'll come back to you. <laughs> how, how many of you would how many of you would say today, you, you are what you are because you had a praying mama or a praying daddy? or a praying grandma, or a praying grandpa that just wouldn't give up on you. And I want to tell you today, church, I want to say to you, Hillcrest, and I want to say to every mama and every daddy, every husband, every wife, every single adult, every college student, I want to say these precious teenagers, these young people here today, listen, you get a word from God and you don't quit. You get a promise from God's holy word and you don't quit. I'm here to tell you, God still answers prayers. He can still save your soul. He can still restore your marriage. He can still heal your body. He can still give you that job that you need. I'm telling you, my God can still answer prayers. He can put your discouragement behind you. There is no God like our God. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. God still answers prayers. You've seen it and so have I. You've seen it, and so have I, where God answered a prayer. And you realize, man, I've been praying for this for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. My, one of my former churches, we had a man saved. His wife had been praying. She'd called his name. Every, every Wednesday we'd pray. For 50 years she'd been praying for him, and he eventually finally got saved. I just thought, thank God she was praying for him and not me. I'd give him five days. That's it. We've got to move on. Be persistent. Stay with it. Lastly, I would just say to you, God answers confident prayers. Be confident. Be confident. Look at the text. Luke 11, verse 11. Watch this now. I love how this closes. If a son, if a, if a child asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now look at verse 13. If you then, being evil, not, being earthly, being sinful, not perfect, if you being evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, if you love to give good gifts to your children, if it blesses you to provide for your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I would say lastly, be confident. Be confident. Here's some good news. Not only does God have the power to answer our prayers. Listen, He gives Him great pleasure to answer our prayers. He's your loving heavenly Father and He loves to answer your prayers. He cannot wait to answer your prayers. He enjoys answering your prayers. So you can pray with great confidence. You can be specific. You can be bold. You can be persistent. And you can pray with great confidence. Man, I know my God wants the best for me. So God, I'm asking boldly and confidently and specifically, God, that you would do this in my life. And your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, I love it. Listen, He's not just a God. He's not just the God. He's my God. Come on. 
Anybody got my God in the house? He's my God. My God will never leave me or say, my God will make a way where there seems to be no way. My God will take that curse and turn it into my blessing. My God will take me not from the tail but to the head. My God, I can do all things through my God who, who blesses me and saves me and strengthens me. I can do all things through God Almighty. He's my God. You can pray confidently. Let me close with an illustration. Uh, several years ago when I was in seminary, you know, God kind of, well, Tommy, he'll kind of give you these uh, foundational moments to kind of build your ministry on. And Kim and I had moved to Nashville. We grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I graduated from Western Kentucky University there, Hilltopper. And after that, I went off to seminary. Kim and I got married. While we were on our honeymoon, my, my dad and my brother moved our stuff into a little one-bedroom apartment in Memphis, Tennessee that we had just rented over the phone. We'd never seen the apartment complex, never been there. We didn't know a person in Memphis, Tennessee. Kim didn't. I didn't. We didn't have jobs. We just knew God had called us, and so we just, many of you have been there. Can I get an amen? Where you just step out on faith and say, God, if you're not in this, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and we just moved to Memphis. And... Uh, while we were there, we, I got a job at Bellevue Baptist Church. Somebody had quoted Brother Ron had mentioned Adrian Rogers early, and I worked there for about a year or so while I was in seminary. And I was uh, what they called a work shipper. And it means you'd go to school all day and you'd work 20 hours a week. And I worked in their recreation, in their activities ministry, in their uh, what they called their Pollard Activities Buildings when the church was downtown Memphis, Tennessee. And so I would go to school during the day, study in the afternoon, and then I would work from like 3 to 11 and I would be in their activity center, and I would check out their equipment. It was like a family life center with a gym, walking track, those kinds of things. And I worked that for about a year, and everything was going fine. But all of a sudden, in our hearts, Kim and I felt a disturbance to kind of... There was a church near where we lived, a small church, that we felt like, man, maybe God would want us to go there and help this small church. And we just thought about it for a little while. In fact, the way we first came in touch with this church is we saw on the marquee they were going to have a, a singing, a group there singing, and we knew that group. And so we decided, man, why don't we go hear the singing? Went to that singing, and while we were there, just visiting on a Sunday evening at the singing, God kind of began to disturb our hearts about maybe plugging into this church. And so Kim and I thought about it and prayed about it for some time. We couldn't get it. You know, you pray and you kind of put it aside. So, God, if you're still in it, then you'll bring it up again. Lord, we're just going to pray about it. We're going to put it behind. We're going to move on. But we never could get it out of our hearts and our minds, Brother Tommy. Just every time we'd go to bed, we'd think about it and pray about it. And so we really felt like this is what God wanted us to do at some point. And so I went to my boss there at Bellevue and the activities. And I said, hey, look, we're probably going to plug into a smaller church just around the corner from us. And. He shared me something I didn't realize. He said, well, uh, you know when you do that, you'll lose your job here. And I said, oh, okay. He said, yeah, because it's tied to membership, which made sense. I understood. There's no problem. And I said, well, sure. And I said, well, let me just think about it and pray about it a little bit more. <laughs> I went home and told Kim. I said, hey, you know, I'm going to lose my job. And yeah, God's probably not in it. Yeah, he's probably not. But we couldn't get out of our hearts and our minds. We'd lay in bed at night and we'd roll and struggle and pray and man, but we're going to lose our job. How are we going to pay? I mean, we were living. I mean, you know, <laughs> check to check every, every penny at that time in seminary. And, man, we just didn't know how we were going to do it. And I just couldn't get it away from my heart, spirit. Long story short, I went back into my boss and I said, hey, uh, we've prayed about it. We really feel like this is what God wants us to do. And he said, well, it's no problem. And he said, why don't you work until we find somebody that you can train? And I said, okay. And so I began to pray, God, don't let them find anybody. Don't let them find anybody. <laughs> About two weeks later, he came in 
on a Tuesday and said, uh, Kevin, we, we found somebody, and if you could, train him Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday will be your last day. And I said, okay. I went home that Tuesday, and I told my wife, I said, man, <laughs> we're going to lose a job Friday. And there was no way we could financially swing it otherwise. And she said, do you think God's still in it? I said, I, I don't know, I do. She said, well, I do too. I said, well, man, let's just keep praying. I don't know what will happen. That was on Tuesday. The guy came in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I trained him. Went to my boss, said, I don't think he can do it. No, I'm just teasing. Anyway, I said, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, went, I went home uh, Friday jobless. And uh, I just want to say to you, Reader's Digest version, I want to be sensitive to our next preacher. It was a long weekend. It's a long weekend. Uh, when you don't have any emergency fund, you're in seminary, many of you have been there, you may be there now. And uh, any hiccup would just, could destroy you financially. We kept praying that whole weekend. We went to that little church on Sunday. We had been attending some while we were making this decision. And that Sunday morning, uh, the pastor walked by and he said, hey, what are you, what are you guys doing for lunch? And uh, I said, we're in seminary. We're not doing anything. What are you doing for lunch? <laughs> he said, won't you go out with my wife and I to lunch? I said, man, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And so after the service, we hooked up, went with the lunch with the pastor and his wife, and we're sitting there across from the table, and we're eating. And he says, you know, I know you've been kind of playing basketball with some of the guys, and, um, you know, you've been hanging out with some of our youth, and they really seem to like you guys, and we really need some help in that area. They had a Christian school. We don't have anybody to coach the team, and they tell me you've got a kind of background in that and work with our students. We don't have a student pastor. I said, I wonder if you might consider that. And then he said, now I know you don't have a job. And before I could interrupt him and tell him what was happening, now this was the Sunday, just after the Friday. And he said to me, I know you don't have a job. Uh, he said, I, I mean, he said, I know you have a job. And he said, but we would really love to consider praying about here. And, and then he said, now I don't care what they're paying you, we'll match what they're paying you. And he said, what are they paying you? I said, they're paying me $176,000 right now. <laughs> well, now, I'm, I'm be honest with you guys, and I'm, I'm done. When he said, I don't care what they're paying you, we'll match what they're paying you. Underneath the table. You know, my wife was tapping my leg, knowing that God had answered our prayers. And I said to him, Brother Wayne, I said, you're not going to believe this. He said, what? I said, I lost my job Friday. And he said, Brother, can you start Monday? I said, I will be here right after seminary. You know, it's one of those things early in your ministry. We were 25 years old. It's one of those things that, that I look back on it now and God has said, you're going to stand before people and you're going to preach the truth, the veracity of God's Word. You're going to say God answers prayer. You're going to say, I don't care what you're going through, God can meet your name. It's one of those things early on my ministry that God said, you'll always look back on this moment in Memphis, Tennessee, 
30 years ago, and you can say with integrity, God will never leave you or forsake you. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't always happen that way miraculously. I get it. There have been other times it hadn't happened like that. I've reminded God, God, you remember Memphis? What's happening? You're a day late. But I'm just telling you, He's never left me. He's never forsook me. He's always made a way where there seems to be no way. And He'll do the same thing for you, Hillcrest. He'll do the same thing for you, sir. He'll do the same thing for you, ma'am. God answers prayers. Be specific. Be bold. Be persistent. Don't give up. Be confident. Your Heavenly Father loves to answer your prayers. And you look back and say, my, what a great God we have.